Let's see. We have people here first time. Um, let's start with last week. People here last week? I mean, last month. This is just your last month. Um, there were some... <laughs> don't remember. Share how you implemented what you learned at last month's Juma. Do you remember there were, like, exercises to practice to implement in your life? Hasna. Hmm. You were here last month. <laughs> Would you like to share with us what you implemented? Okay, sure. So we're trying something new. Bear with us. <laughs> because we do try and get, uh, you know, we ask all the khatibas to always um, give you guys a homework assignment, um, a spiritual exercise to work on. Um, this is just something they're, we're trying out to see if people would like to share. Um, so I'll start. Um, one of the things that I took away just from the khutbah um, that was given by Tasneem was the breathing exercise. Um, and I know several of the elders um, in our community commented how, you know, after their whole lives, this was, this was something that was really new for them. Um, and yeah, for me, it was... Um, it was really profound, um, you know, just taking in those deep breaths. Um, I realized how tense my whole body was. Um, and and I realized also, like, I started to try and think deeper about it. So I was thinking, like, well, you know, I haven't been exercising lately. And when I, I did go out and exercise, I just noticed that the breathing became so much easier. Um, yeah, it's just, it's made a really big impact, um, and um, it's such a simple thing that Tasneem uh, recommended to us. She couldn't be here this, uh, this Jumma, but um, yeah, that's something that I've been working, working on, so I just wanted to share. Thank you. Anyone else? <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. It's really nice of you and spontaneous. Anyone else <laughs> like to share? Oh, hi. How you doing? Assalamu alaikum. salam. Uh, I really took to heart her uh, ideas about reading the Quran because I don't have a regular time to read it. I pick it up from time to time. And I've really been reading the Quran more often and setting up a schedule. That's a good idea to set up a schedule. Mm-hmm. Sisters, anyone else want to share? Don't be scared. <laughs> it's okay. If you don't want to share, that's fine. We can move on to questions regarding the khutbah today. And I'd like to encourage the beginning of the discussion to start with sisters who are either new or don't get to share as often. Anyone? Mm. Mm. Yay! How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. I just want to thank you for your chuppah today. Um, it was really touched me very deeply, so thank you. Um, I guess my question for you was, you, you talked about, um, it almost sounded like an epiphany, but I never figured out what the epiphany moment was for you, where you had all this self-doubt and felt like, what was it that changed? Like, what was, was there some moment, something that happened in your life that was like an aha moment, or was it just deep self-reflection for years that made you then, then, come to those re that realization because that was very powerful how you described it but I never got a what was it that that changed that for you assalamualaikum yeah for me it was a, a matter of um having a a health crisis my own health crisis where I had to come to a realization that I was spending a lot of time taking care of everyone else 
and none taking care of myself. And it forced me to stop and to take a lot of time. It wasn't something that happened overnight. I took a lot of time um, looking over my life and I wanted to blame a lot of people, but ultimately I saw that a lot of it was me sabotaging it myself because I didn't feel worthy. And that's what it all boiled down to for me. Thank you. Another question? Back here. Is there someone else? And then over here. Okay. Salam alaikum. I normally don't speak here. Salam alaikum, everybody. I just want to thank you for clarifying the segregation between men and women. I, I always wonder why during the pilgrimage we mix, then when we come away from it, we are segregated. But that is a very good. I need your, a copy of your speech, please. That's a good question. Thank you so much. Um, you, do we have uh, the clippers are available online sometimes? Some of them? Inshallah. Catching up this month. Catching up. Inshallah. Inshallah, sister. <laughs> Is that a question? Go ahead. You can want you want to address that, or you just said thank you. Yeah, it was it was something that I've always wanted to know too. So, um, um, by virtue of what I do um, in the women's studies of religion um, um, program, that was one of those questions that I always wanted to answer for myself and hopefully for everyone else. I don't have a question, but I do have a statement, and the statement is about Dalwea. I've known her her entire life and her entire family. Uh, I'm one of the pioneers in the Nation of Islam, and we were extremely strict with our children. And that caused a lot of them to be dissatisfied. A lot of time, we didn't answer their questions. They were only told to do, listen, and follow instructions. However, I enjoyed her kufa because it went back so far and it was so in-depth. But now we're, as always been strong. As, as long as I've known her, she's been independent. I didn't know she was depressed and all of that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, her, that, that's her story, okay? But she has always been strong and independent, and when it was time for her to step aside, she stepped aside. Uh, she always was doing for others. She was an educator. She taught everyone's children. Uh, she had children going to high school from the seventh grade, taking college courses. And she, so she's always been independent, establishing schools. Uh, I can't think of all the things, leading various organizations, joining various organizations, stepping away. So she has always, been strong, and those who knew her, she has always been an example. And I wish all sisters could have heard her couple today, because most of us in here are strong. We wouldn't even be in here. We wasn't strong. We wouldn't even be in here. So we're all strong, and we're doing something that we want to do, and hope to get other women to acknowledge their strength and move on forward, but she's always been strong. And I know why she stepped away, because the other young women in here would tell you we were strict. <laughs> Islamically, we were strict. They was not allowed to do anything, okay? 
Thank you. Oh, can I echo? Um, thank you, Sister Hafiza. Um, yeah, and it wasn't the strength that bothered me because I, I, I thrived in the strength. It, but being strong and having a life that now I feel fulfilled with and have contentment and peace is the best. And that's what was missing, that part of it. And alhamdulillah, that's what I'm talking about. How do we get all of our life that way, where we're living the life we want to live and not just the rules and regulations that people have just put on us. Thank you. Uh, coming to you, someone else have a question, comment? I wanna also add that um, a continuing thing I'm hearing is people are very appreciative of this space and if this means a lot to you and you'd like to give, whether you can give financially or with your time, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, this is a uh, very much grassroots organization. So um, we encourage if you'd want to get involved, if you can volunteer, you can show up maybe a little early to help set up. Um, you can reach out to the volunteer coordinator how you can help. Also, after the service, we would uh, like that you, you could help us put all this away as well. So you can give today while you're here. Mashallah. Okay. You know who had a question? You're, how you doing? Salam so it's not a question, but I guess just on Sister Apisa and the sister back here, I just comment on both of those. So, so yes, I've known Sister Nahui a long time also. But I think my, my takeaway um, when you were talking about the piece of sadness, you know, and sometimes you know somebody for so long, you just don't know that they're that way or that they're experiencing that. And so whether it's this group here or outside of this group that we have to learn to, to come closer to each other, you know, and not, I'm not asking to know people's personal stuff, but at least we have to be close with each other, you know, so when individuals are experiencing something that we have something that we can share or just sometimes just listen. You know, so I put myself out to you for that. Um, the other thing is um, the sister, when she mentioned when you go to Hodge, you know, there's no separation. And um, in experiencing Hodge and having a brother sitting next to you at Juma was very, was different, but you didn't feel any, any differences. And, but I wonder, especially living here, all the different ills that we have in the society and people we know in our masjids, our mosques, not everybody is thinking that they're on Hajj. <laughs> you know, so, so sometimes that separation, and I'm, I'm not for it, but is it worthy, you know, because a lot of times our minds are not where they should be you know, at that time, you know. So that's, that's just my thought. Maybe that separation for here may be warranted, you know, because sometimes you go into the masjids and you see people's, the men's cracks. And <laughs> I mean, you have all these different variables and things that, that happen. You know, maybe that's the education piece that needs to happen within our masjids, you know, and that whether it's the brothers or someone coming up and kind of, sharing what our um, um, etiquette should be so that you can sit by another gender and make it okay. Okay, to your, to your first um, part of your comment, 
Um, well, if you've only known me that one way, you had nothing to gauge whether or not I was happy or sad. You didn't realize that there was different. I was that way all the time. But if you can remember, did you ever see me smile? Not much. Yeah, but so it's not, so I wasn't even under the realization that I was really that, that sad. And it took that experience for me to go through to really see that that's what it was. Um, um, so, um, but yes, of course, you've always been a person that I could talk to um, about things that I, I need. And, and, and for a lot of people, it's not easy, but we do have to kind of pay attention to one another. But I was just so isolated in my own sadness that I just didn't let anybody in that. And it, it, it took for me to go through that process for me to see, and then for me to become um, sensitive to when I see it in other sisters now, because I can feel it now in other people. And I think that that was one of the, the reasons for that to ha happen. Um, and the second part, that's why um, I, I emphasize that we have to heal our thinking that we can't really make those types of changes until we kind of heal how we're thinking about things, how we're thinking about each other, how we think about our bodies and what our body should and should not be doing. So that's a longer process, but I'm at the beginning stages of that, and that's why I'm saying at the beginning stages of that, let's work on, on resolving that we need to, at least be aware that something needs to change. And then for the most part, um, Muslim um, sisters are not looking to so much as sit next to brothers and master. They just want to be in the same room. And that's the all that I've heard of. Um, they just want to not be behind a partition or not be where they can't see. And it seems to be, from what I can tell, that's really all, all they seem to be looking for right now. Uh, okay. Let me over here. Then here, I think maybe these are the last two questions, and we're going to move on to our next segment. Um, I think it's really important for sisters, though, and people in the community as well in general to really see each other. And I think if you can just take a moment to look to the person to your left and to your right and really see them. Look in their eyes, really. Because, like, we're in the community. You come to worship. We pray next to each other. But do you see each other? Okay? Feel that light. All right. So I'm like, go ahead. Assalamualaikum. And to piggyback on that, I want to encourage us all in part of that seeing each other and being able to sense um, if it be you know whatever it is sadness or whatever is to always make yourself available by just being kind and being open to each other I think that just speaking you know on sisters that we are not always kind to each other especially in religious spaces and so to make sure that you you know smile at your sister you know I'm referencing the kupa that I did last September. Um, make sure you smile at your sister. Make sure you give them the greetings. Make sure you welcome them into the spaces so that you create the space to connect and be available and to be there for each other um, so that you can even, like Sister Nayawi said, to sense it. But if you don't make that space to make that connection with each other, then you won't even have the opportunity to sense if anything is bubbling underneath the surface. So just, you know, be kind to each other always, smile at each other always, and just create the space for grace. Yes. I like that. Okay. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. I just want to say, like, alhamdulillah for diversity in Islam, right? Um, we were made into many nations to know one another, right? But sometimes I think we forget that we were made into two genders so we would know one another as well. Um, and to pigeonhole all men 
is the same kind of ideology that um, they use against us, right? And so to say that because of the ills of society, you know, perhaps they're not ready, well, maybe those who aren't ready aren't, aren't for it, right? But maybe there are those who are ready who want to pray with their families side by side, or maybe there are friends who just want to pray together, right? And who don't have those, um, those types of, uh, you know, barriers within themselves that would prevent them from praying peacefully next to the opposite gender. And I know people exist who are able to do that. Um, and so I would say to those who are not ready for that type of congregation, then it's not for you. But if you are ready, then it's available and it's there for you, just like this space is here for us. Yes, those spaces do exist. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, hold on, let me bring you the mic. Then we have to transition. Well, I got a quick question. <laughs> Very quick question. Assalamu alaikum. I just wanted to, can you give us uh, some, I'm having a senior moment, so I can't think what I'm saying. I just want to know some information of where we can find out read about where the women were mixed in with the men back in the day of the prophet. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I do have the bibliography of what I use for that research. So um, if anyone's interested, I can give you my card, email me, and I'll send it to you. Thank you. Uh, okay, thank you everyone for sharing. We're going to now transition over to the second part of the Q&A. We want to take it away? Which one do you all want to? Okay. All right, Camille, let's just get her stuff together. She's holding a baby and getting herself together. Mashallah, the power of strong women. (laughs) So I'm like him again. (laughs) Um, So we are going to continue with the consciousness raising. I like that. Um, And what we are going to do um, today are to continue the discussion that we started last month on um, Black Lives Matter and injustice and oppression. Um, and so what I'd like to do first is start with the verse from the Quran that we are referencing. Hasna already gave you the hadith that um, we're using on the heart, the voice, and the hand. Um, the Quran, uh, chapter 4, ayat um, 135, or verse 135, O you who have attained to faith, be ever steadfast in upholding equity, bearing witness to the truth for the sake of God, even though it be against your own selves or your parents and kinsfolk. Whether the person concerned be rich or poor, God's claim takes precedence over the claims of either of them. Do not then follow your own desire lest you swerve from, in, from justice. For if you distort the truth, behold, God is indeed aware of all that you do. Surely Allah speaks the truth. Um, so we are going to continue our discussion today. Um, today we're going to be discussing activating the voice or the tongue. Um, and some of you, as we mentioned last time, um, may wonder, well, what does this have to do with me? Um, but the goal of this conversation is to um, find out what we all, each of us, can do. Um, and on that vein, I want to some research that I did today, I believe it's today, or it was a couple days ago, is the anniversary of Martin Luther King's, um, the letter he wrote from the Birmingham jail. And what one of the things that resonated with me from the article that I read was, um, I'm blanking on it, so it might help me, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Um, and that is why we are having this discussion. So Disha is going to recap our discussion from last month. 
Okay, so in activating um, the heart, we talked a lot about um, kind of introducing what is Black Lives Matter. Um, and I think it's really important too because you talked today about the value of life and kind of understanding the value of your own self, you know, and seeing ourselves um, as being someone that has agency and has a voice. And so I feel like this really kind of connects with that. Um, so in introducing Black Lives Matter, we're, we're just being clear that Black Lives Matter is, is it is um, Black Lives Matter too, right? All lives matter, right? And so, you know, um, it's important to, I think, connect to that and understand that it is really, it is an empowerment in a sense, right? It is saying that all lives matter. And hopefully as marginalized, because women, we're, we would be a marginalized group because we're talking about that. And for the first time, we're starting to say things like, well, should we, you know, be in the prayer space together? I think that it's amazing that we can have the conversation and we can debate and we can look for the resources, right? To say, should we have separate spaces or should we be able to play with, pray with our families as opposed to it just being imposed on us? So it's when women are in the conversation that now we can start to debate those things. So in recapping, we were activating the heart and we were just encouraging people to um, pray, learn, study, listen, right? That it needed to begin there. Um, we also just talked to, you know, about seeing dignity in people, right? And it's important for people to have dignity. Um, and so that kind of fits with the Black Lives Matter uh, goal. But also, too, just to kind of bring us all up to speed, I think I remember talking about remembering that there's historic roots to what we're dealing with. So it's not kind of like, it's a new movement, but it is their historic roots. So, you know, there's a commonality when we can find that, you know, um, under, you know, find the commonality in groups that are oppressed. So we know that just in the world's history, right, there are groups that are oppressed and they're dehumanized first. So we talked about that, like this whole, whole idea of dehumanizing a group of people. So first we have to see the dignity, you know, in people and then we can see everyone is human. Now we're all on the same page, right? Now we can work to end oppression uh, for all of us. Um, so pray, learn, study, listen. Um, and that's where we, we kind of left some homework with, like, what will you do? Um, so we're just going to talk a little bit about our testimonies, about what we kind of did. Um, did you want to start with that, or did you want to go to that? Oh, okay, before we go to that, Camille and I had a conversation about how we were, um, like, the opposites, right? So um, I am, am an information junkie meaning I will go through every one of these things and I'll read it and every video that comes up, I I'm gonna see it and I'm gonna talk about it and I'm gonna Google more of it and can you believe and can you, like that's me, can you believe? Um, but sometimes that takes a toll on my spirit um, and I won't admit it. I'll just keep torturing myself with more and more. Whereas Camila. I am mm -hmm. quite the opposite. I want to shut it down. Don't talk to me about it. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to watch more videos because the it tortures my soul in a in just a different way because I feel like I am overly empathetic and overly um, just too connected to just humanity and people. And so it takes a toll on my soul in that way, but it also takes a toll. One of the things that we talked about is just in relationships, like my husband, is an information junkie. Like he wants to read it, he wants to discuss it, and I'm like, no, 
don't discuss it with me. Um, and that makes him sad, you know, because he wants to be able to discuss it with his partner. But um, I thought it was interesting that we are, you know, the opposites in, you know, in talking about this discussion. My, my husband wants to stop, like, it's enough. Whereas I'm the type of person that I'm like, I'm up, like, in the morning when he wakes up, like, did you see the new video? <laughs> And he's like, wait a minute, like, can I get a minute to wake up? I'm like, what's going to happen? So, And mine's up at 2 in the morning. I'm like, come to bed. I'm per responding to a post on Facebook. And <laughs> so one of the things we talked about was that both of those are, like, unhealthy. It's, like, too much on either side. And so, you know, one of the things I'm working towards, I don't think I've got it nailed down yet, is that I have to know when to, sh when to close it. Or I have to know when to, to make salat and quiet it for a moment. And maybe that's too much. Or maybe you need to make sure you get your salat in in the morning so you can watch the video, just to strengthen you for the video. And maybe you need a little du'a, a little meditation, and some breaths. I love the breaths, okay? I, I, I was already using the breaths, so when she said breaths, I mean, I use it in my acupuncture. I just use it in my life. I stop. I breathe really deep ujjayi yoga breaths just for life, right? Um, so that I need those breaths sometimes just to make sure I'm okay and then to decide when enough is enough. And being a mother to children, I think, is helpful for me because I'm always protecting them. Like, that's too much video for you now or that's not a, you know, like, let me not show you that. But we also need to do that with ourselves, I think. Um, and then... So part of um, one of the things that we are talking about in uh, activating the voice is to actually engage. Um, and so for me, uh, one of the things that I've been working on is to engage in the, in the discussion. Um, so as a testimonial, and I hope that some of you have testimony of how you um, either engage or you activate your, you activate your heart or you're going to activate your voice. Um, but one of the things that, you know, just even this discussion, the first time that Hasana asked me, I was like, no, it's too much. Um, but, you know, I, I talked to Disha, we reflected on it, and one of the things that I had to do was to actually engage. I've had um, a really close friend, we had babies together, and on one of our baby dates, she asked me, she's like, I wouldn't like to have a serious discussion with you about what's going on in Islam and what's going on with the Black Lives Matter movement. And prior to that, I'd been like, mm-mm, let's talk about babies. Um, but... <laughs> to actually engage with her and to have a conversation because part of my job is to not only take in the information but to be one that is willing to give information and to help her um, pray, listen, learn, and study. So that is something that I've also done just in my um, life is to engage rather than retreat um, from such a difficult and painful topic. So we want to ask them to, if any of you, we would like to involve you in the discussion, so we're not up here just talking at you. Um, if you have any um, testimony of uh, experiences that you have where you were able to activate the heart. Sure. And just remember, like, last time we gave out the little, the homework sheet, like, right? So you had, like, this, um, and I'll pass a few of these around, too, just in case. You want to pass those around? And we'll pass those around as we pass the mic. But just like the types of things maybe you read, you saw, or, you know, just starting to act, that you prayed on even. Thanks, Queen. I sound like everyone. Um, so last month, 
I missed, probably this was probably like my second or third time missing. Um, my nephew was in the hospital. Um, he has hydrocephalus, and you guys all prayed dua for him, so really thank you for that. Um, he had another episode last night, but he's stable. We have him on new medicine. I just wanted to update you guys on that. But I have been in the BLM um, space kind of hard this last six months um, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. I'm a in the BLM, Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry for all the acronyms, excuse me. So the Black Lives Matter space. So I've been doing it heart, hand, voice, all of it. Um, and what's happened is, is my husband and I um, are both organizers in a group called LA Voice. And it's an interfaith space and it has Muslim Jews and Christians. Um, and we do a lot of things that are, you know, related to activism and supporting, um, you know, people who are in an oppressed state. And so we have uh, um, become really allies with Black Lives Matter. Actually, uh, Melina Abdullah, who is the founder um, member of Los Angeles chapter is a really good friend of mine. And um, what's happened is, as most of you might know, is there's an Occupy um, that's happening right now, an encampment at the city of Los Crystal was able to go down and, and give some food um, at the city of Los Angeles. Um, and this is day 46. City, I'm sorry. City Hall, sorry, my head is spinning. I have a lot to share with you guys and I'm trying to not take up the whole mic, so forgive me. City Hall, okay, on 2nd and Main, and it's day 46, okay? So what happened 46 days ago on a Tuesday at 9 a.m., um, Black Lives Matter um, went to the police commission's um, meeting and um, they were there to uh, speak about the injustice of Riddell Jones. And some of you may have known, Riddell Jones was uh, a young woman who was a mother of two um, who was murdered, basically, by the police, okay? And they wanted the case to be investigated, and when they investigated it, they stated, oh, we don't find any fault with the police, okay? And so that um, ensued and happened, and they ended up going across the street and creating an encampment, okay? And so they've moved them quite a bit, They've done caution tape and said, no, you can't come on here. This is private property. Although the space that they've moved them to was a public speech space from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, so we've learned a lot from all of this. And so just to kind of uh, summarize this, the Black Lives Matter movement is not moving from that space until Chief Beck is fired. They have demanded from Mayor Garcetti in a letter as well as um, uh, signatures um, they have about 9,500 signatures out of 10,000 signatures for him to be removed. Um, Mayor Garcetti is sticking to it and saying, no, I've appointed him. Um, so on another note, we have decided that we need to step up our voter engagement. Because if you know, Mayor Garcetti did not get um, elected because of the African-American population or South Central LA. There was one pe person in Watts that voted for him. One person. Okay? <laughs> so... That says to us that we can push voter engagement. And in most areas, even if you look around South LA, 2,000 people probably voted in that space, and we have the number. 5,600 people are eligible to vote. So it goes farther than just wanting to vocalize and say that this is an injustice. We have to do it where it, you know, it counts and getting him out of office as well. So I went to my first Black Lives Matter uh, meeting 
on Sunday, and Melina said, you have two more, and you'll be an official member. I was like, I was just coming just to support, but anywho. Um, so I learned a lot from that. So they have what are called people of color. So anybody that's a person of color, identifies as a person of color, they have a meeting space for you. They have blacks that meet, and they also have white allies as well. And so some ways that you can help is if there's an um, organization called Meal Train, and you can give breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or a snack, okay? And I'll make sure that everybody gets that. You can go on my Facebook page, mealtrain.com. So if you can donate money so that 40 people can get fed, so they can continue this movement, um, they are taking, of course, cash donations, um, but they really need you know, food throughout the day, ice, those kind of things. Um, and also you can go to Black Lives Matter, um, their Facebook, and you can get more information as well. So there's a lot to this. I don't want to hold, hold it up. If people want to talk to me later, there's more ways that you can um, step in and help and support. So, just so the way we have this framed is we were saying heart first. So, the first one was just kind of let's educate ourselves, activate our hearts. Second was tongue. So, today we're talking about the next thing we could do is how we vocalize. Kenyatta's advanced. She's already moved ahead <laughs> to the, and, and this is beautiful because now we know where we need to go, right? Like, now what can I do? So, she's already doing. So, I just want to like make sure that. We, for those of us who might still be like, I'm still activating, like I just, I'm just reading about, or I clicked on this link, and I, now I know this, or I talked to my mom, that all of those things are still very much important in the steps towards, you know, activating beyond, you know, our hands, right, taking the next step. So I just want to say that too. Um, I don't really know what I want to say other than, um, Every time I hear Black Lives Matter, my mind switches to, I better not hear anybody say, oh, do you mean all lives matter? Um, and it is not a sign of disrespect, but because of what is happening in the world, that particular terminology came up. And I don't believe it's a terminology that we need to apologize for. And we're definitely uh, not speaking, if black lives matter, that means all lives matter automatically. And I just think that every time we say black lives matter, we have to do a reframer or a disclosure or something, especially if we're African-American. Um, so that irritates me. Um, on the other issue is, um, Kiana spoke so much about the, um, the, the movement, um, and I think we, knew the, we need to recognize, and that's what they're asking us, Black Lives Matters movement, is asking us to recognize that it is a movement, it's not a, a, a pastime, um, and that it has nothing to do with violence, perpetrating violence. And so um, we have to be very careful of what the media is trying to do because now they're trying to um, make those individuals who are leaders and participating in the Black Lives Matter, now they're uh, being watched, now their uh, comments are being made as if they are villains themselves. And so we as humanity, we as people in the world need to pay attention to those things. And that's all I gotta say, thank you. Parts of the question, okay. How you doing? Sounds like I'm pretty happy. Um, newbie. I just uh, wanted to ask a quick question because you mentioned LA Voice. Um, 
I'm not on Facebook, but I think there was a, a protest or a rally happening tomorrow. They said the 27th, and I just wanted to confirm if that was still happening. Uh, I don't know. That okay. Because I was kind of out of the phone because I'm dealing with my nephew. So what I can do is just give me your name or some contact. I can get that information. Okay. If anybody else wants information, I'm on Facebook. Is there a website for them? Black Lives. You talking about the LA Voice? LA Voice specifically. There. Okay, because I thought I wasn't sure if there was like a subcategory under Black Lives Matter or if it was like no, a separate. Allies. Okay. Was that answered for you? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we were talking about how we could how, how we debate your heart. From the discussion of last month, so, did anyone, did anyone yeah. anything to add to that? How you maybe activated your heart? We have talked about so many things just, uh, today. It is really great. It is just one thing that I want to talk about. Is <laughs> when we talked about whether or not we wanted uh, the prayers changed, uh, co-ed or separation or stuff like that. And I just want to ask the question. Eventually, I guess you will get around to it. How do we individually get this, our community, our individual community involved in change or involved in discussion so that we can try to make the changes that we want to make in our community? And another thing I'm going to say is that uh, on our cell phones, uh, there are complete, the quad is on there. And it's in English, it's in Arabic, I think it's in Persian, it's something else. So the Quran is with you every day. All you got to do is snap it on your cell, cell phone. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I'm being redundant or not. I wasn't uh, able to uh, make last month's uh, event and discussion. But uh, I've been uh, married uh, to a black man for 41 years. We've been together for 43 my daughter-in-law is Latina. Uh, we have a lot of uh, ethnic groups in our family. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I'm concerned about the approach with regard to Black Lives Matter. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up at the time with the Nation of Islam, and uh, you know, a lot of people get turned off by uh, militant approaches. Now, I'm, I'm one of those people, civil rights, marching, you know, writing articles and, and doing all those kinds of things. But uh, I think it would be more effective. I'll give you an example. Uh, months ago when Bernie Sanders was speaking and he, uh, the, a couple of ladies from Black Lives Matter rushed the, the stage and said, no, because he was saying, well, white lives, I mean, all lives matter. And they basically uh, uh, took the microphone from him and said, no, it's Black Lives Matter. And I think the, the issue is how we approach it. Let people know that it's not just uh, the issue of Black Lives Matter, it's the concerns that are, uh, have been of particular impact on the black community and other ethnic minorities and how we're all impacted by this, but there's no point in acting in a way that uh, makes some people feel threatened or uh, f 
gets them turned off, we want to bring them in. We don't want to turn them away. And so I think our words and our actions make a, a big difference. And, and we need to learn not to, to back away from our strong feelings. We need to give evidence of why we're doing what we're doing and help people to understand and bring them in that way. I'm so happy that you brought that up as an example. Um, let me just start with this, just kind of return to the Quran, but God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy, and oppressive. Like, I feel like that's important to remember that, just to stand behind that as we, as we work towards justice. Um, but I do, I think it's, because the next thing we're gonna talk about is the tongue and how you can use the tongue and your voice. Um, so if we look at that moment, just kind of the history of that in terms of Black Lives Matter and how those activists did approach Bernie Sanders um, and take the stage, um, that was a pivotal moment, actually. Um, it was a strategy. So I think that's important, because just because it's not marching or writing a letter, or, it's like, well, that's what we're accustomed to. But this was a new strategy, that we're going to change the conversation. We're going to bring this into the, we're gonna bring this to the table, and we will not back down. And the strategy was effective. Meaning, we all are now talking about this because of that. I mean, this is months and months ago, but that changed the conversation. They went to their allies. They went to, they didn't go to Trump. Like, we don't care about Trump. We're never voting for him anyway. But we're gonna go to the person that we feel is closest to us. We're gonna go to Bernie, and we're gonna force him to talk about this. We're not gonna back down. It was a strategy. They went to, set, they went to Hillary. They faced off. Our lives matter specifically talking about state-sponsored violence upon black people. Our lives matter. And, and only because in this country, historically, everything has said that our lives do not matter from enslavement to now. So it continues. So it's like, no, we're not gonna do the same old strategy. We have a new strategy. And one could argue that the strategy has been highly effective because now Clinton has to talk about it. Now Trump's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. It is on the table because they used their voice and they would not back down. And it was women, yeah. women's voices, not the, 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 the same old civil rights thing we'd seen before, male preachers leading. It was women who said, we're going to do this a different way. You will hear me now. So it's not just emotion. And I think people try to do that to women especially women of color. Like, oh, look, they, they're acting crazy. Why are they doing that? It is a strategy. I'm going to put this on the table and you will deal with it. And, and it changed the conversation completely. So one could argue that it was effective. Now, how is it being categorized? That's, a, that's another thing. And that's why I feel like this education piece is important. In activating the heart, you have to know the history. You have to understand it. You have to know what they're talking about. You have to be able to say state-sponsored violence upon human beings. These are human beings. This is why their lives matter. But the education helps with that. So I think that comes in activating the heart. But I think it's perfect that you brought that up because it is activating the voice as well. So I'll just say like a small thing, just my small testimony before I hand it, hand it out in terms of activating my own voice in particular was that I felt like I was going to my masjid Friday after Friday and things were happening from Trayvon on and I was hearing nothing in regards to what was happening. So here I am taking this beating, the emotional junkie, I mean, the, the um, information junkie. So I've watched all the videos, I'm reading all the stuff, all this stuff is happening, and I'm coming to my prayer space, hoping for some solace, 
hoping that the imam will say something, a, a prayer or something for what's happening with us. Nothing's happening. So the, what I decided to do was to email the board of directors at my masjid and just say, hey, this is happening in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think this is really important that somehow, because I feel like we're doing it in this space. The, the women katibas I've heard, like week after week, I'm hearing things that um, reference injustice in the world. Well, no one, people are not, I think Najiba was the first in the space to say black lives matter, like a year and a half ago, like loud, it, they matter. And that felt good. And to reference the Quran and talk about how we should seek restorative love and justice, right? I wanted that from my master, and they weren't doing it. So I sent an email. That's a start, right? I have to wait, and I heard they had a board meeting, and it was an agenda item. But then I'll have to, follow, then I'll have to activate. I have to do. But the first thing was just like, okay, let me activate my voice. Let me say something. Because otherwise, for me to sit here week after week and not say something, and, and I think we can see from the sister's example in her kutbah about how women's voices, when, when the elite uh, male scholars started to take you know, hold of it, then your voice gets eliminated, right? And then it changes in a whole different direction. So I think our voices need to be a part of it. Thank you. Uh, Bismillah rahman rahim First of all, I'd like to say as people of color, as allies, as non-black Muslims and non-Muslims, I want to pray that God allows us to see the injustice as we work towards justice and that we don't tone police the voice of those who are oppressed because those who are oppressed, when they express their righteous anger, they have a right to express their righteous anger. When people are being killed, it's no longer a matter of let's be nice about it, let's talk about it and hold hands. We must stand shoulder to shoulder and allow those voices to be expressed in the manner in which those voices wish to be expressed. Um, and I say this because, as you mentioned, Trayvon Martin was killed years ago, but if it wasn't for those righteous voices uplifted in anger and pain and anguish on these national platforms, Jordan Davis's killer would not be sentenced to 100-something years in prison, right? And so that is progress. Um, and in order for progress to happen and in order for justice to occur, we need to hear the injustice that is happening, right? Um, and uh, speaking from the children of refugees, speaking from a paralleled experience of having known that your ancestors, your, your grandparents, your great-grandparents were tortured or killed or state violence was used against them. And, and to live with those, those passed down memories, because we didn't experience them, but it's our parents' memories, it's our grandparents' memories, etc. That gets like locked into your DNA. That pain and anguish, that suffering is something that comes out with you when you come out of your mother, because she felt it, and her mother's mother felt it. So, it's something that's very real, it's visceral, and I don't understand what you go through personally, but I understand what it's like to grow up with pain that's passed down. And until people understand that that pain needs to be reckoned with, and it needs to be, there needs to be some sort of dignity, and there needs to be some sort of truth and reconciliation with this pain, 
then they're not going to, um, they're not going to be able to stand with us in the way that, that we need them to. And so let us try our best to understand and be compassionate because Allah is Rahman and Rahim first of all in every surah of the Quran. So let us try to exemplify that mercy and compassion of Allah towards each other as he does towards us. So we have five minutes, five minutes. I want to encourage everyone to think about maybe how you may activate your voice, activate your voice here. It was back this way, I'm sorry. You're starting to run as good as Katrina. Assalamu alaikum. I had two points that I wanted to bring out. First of all, well, three. I am so grateful to see younger people doing this because I look in this room and I know there's some sisters been doing this stuff all day, every day for a long, long time. And somehow things have changed and another group has come forward to do these things. And I'm just very grateful for that. So alhamdulillah. I want to give the example of a flock of geese flying. There's always one in the lead. And after a while, that goose will get a little tired and fall back. And another goose will come forward and take the lead. And I'm mentioning this because as I'm listening to all of these things, I'm tired already just listening. Where am I going to find energy to do or say? And you know, like you said, you don't even want to think about it at a certain point. So uh, we have to recognize those people who did things before, they did it in their time, in their space, in the way that they could. And so we need to be grateful for that, and we're so grateful for everyone else who is coming in, and especially for the immigrant community who, in large measure, they hadn't heard this stuff. They didn't know anything about what was going on in this country, other than to hear that this is the quote-unquote land of the brave and home of the free, and you can live well here. They don't know. 400 years of slavery and genocide of the Native Americans is what brought this to be such a powerful, rich country. So this is what we're dealing with. And, you know, at this point, black lives do matter, number one. Native American lives matter. All lives matter. And when you start talking about what's really going on, we're talking about shaitan. Shaitan is not going to come in a red outfit with a pitchfork. But it's always going to be the same thing. You're going to find that there are people who are going to try to create chaos on the planet. And so for people of goodwill, people with various talents, you know, different levels of energy, courage or whatever, we have to each speak up, do or change with our hearts whatever we can. If at this point, because I've had a really interesting last few months, I ain't got no energy for nothing right now. Okay, so somebody else is going to have to lead the flock of geese for a moment. But in the meantime, we all have something to offer. Okay, so alhamdulillah for your efforts. I appreciate every one of you. I think that's a beautiful note to end on, that we all have something beautiful to offer. I would just encourage you activating the heart. Take, take a look at the, um, those links. Um, go to the, the, what is it, the Muslims Against Racism, the website. They have a toolkit for understanding Black Lives Matter. One of the things I think we talked about was just a really good example was the, the Asian American uh, letter. It's a, it's a crowd 
resource letter that um, a lot of a young Asian Americans came up with. They put together a letter to their parents, to their, to their family, to help them to understand, this is why I understand Black Lives Matter, right? So it could be just even that small. Or sending a donation to the, the people who are down there protesting. Send some food to the encampment, right? Or, but maybe it is just as simple as having a conversation with your friend that's like, tell me about it. How do you feel? Open up for that moment. Say a prayer about it. Read about it. I was going to shut it down. Who are we doing? Okay. Yes, ma'am. I'm coming. Yes. Go ahead. Really quickly. Um, some of your voices, we're talking about voice today, did not, we were not able to hear you. But one thing that I want to encourage you to do, I know the Super Smash Brother Buns is not here, but, you know, take a moment to sit outside and share your voice. You know, it doesn't have to end here. We have to end in this space. But your voice is still important. And if you did not get to speak on it, stay a minute and speak on it. Or one of the things that you can do is set up a tea date or a lunch date to talk with your you know, fellow sisters and brothers about it so that your voice can be heard on the matter or create the space so someone else's voice can be heard. I was gonna say like, the same thing. So it doesn't have to end, we're just gonna clean up um, here because we have to physically be out of the space, but this conversation does not need to end. So sisters, if you can help us with folding of the cloths and putting the chairs down. Oh, we also wanna do a quick uh, dua for um, people on the list. Can we do that real quick, sisters? Okay, so um, I just want to um, give the uh, talk about the duas. Um, so Sister Normalika Chishti, um, who is our, uh, one of our khatibas, um, she wasn't able to make it today. Um, she's been having health problems, so we ask Allah to grant her a quick and complete recovery. Amin. Um, Sister Marguerite Multani, um, who is here with us today, um, her husband unfortunately passed away recently. Uh, his name was Brother Saeed Fazalullah Multani. We ask Allah to grant him the highest level of Jannah and to give her peace and healing and to reunite them uh, together in heaven, inshallah. Ameen. Um, Dr. Najiba Saeed, also one of our uh, past khatibas, um, her nephew Hamza Barz uh, Barzinji uh, passed away 40 days ago, and this is a significant marker um, for their family, and um, we just ask uh, Allah to also grant him the highest level of heaven and also allow him, uh, allow his family to reach peace and closure. Amin. Um, Sister Kenyatta's uh, nephew has been struggling, struggling with illnesses um, for, uh, for a long time now, and he's a very young boy, so we pray uh, for his health. May Allah bless him and cure him quickly and completely. Amin. Uh, and last, please uh, continue to pray for um, Sister Abrafi's family. They've been through a lot of loss um, in the past few months. May Allah grant all of them peace in this life and the next and a beautiful return uh, to Allah on the Day of Judgment. Amin. Thank you so much. And uh, we hope to keep the conversation going as we clean up. Um, so thank you. And we'll send out a newsletter soon about our next events, inshallah. Sound like him.